Well, good morning. My name's Tony Anderson. I'm filling in for Tracy Johnson this morning in our Q&A. Uh, they have a little bug going around their family so you can be in prayer for them, Lord, uh, so that you can have her back in this seat next week instead of me. I want to remind you that if you have any questions for Doug after this message, you can uh, text the numbers on the screen. We'd be happy to answer those. Um, just as some reminders, as summer comes and maybe your travel plans are um, going to have you out of town, I want to remind you of our Thursday night service um, at seven o'clock on Thursdays. It's a great group there, and we get do some really some special things on Thursday night. Also get to hear the message for the first time, and so uh, I would ask that you would remember that if you're going to be traveling. Also, as you know, you can continue to join us online. During the service, you had some opportunities for some Nehemiah moments, as Becky Conover, our children's minister, shared with you. Uh, we need some people to help out in children's ministry on Sundays with our SOS, Summer of Sundays. And so would you prayerfully consider maybe working one hour this summer in our children's ministry um, to help out those volunteers who need a break? Our children's staff does a great job, really uh, makes it easy for you to step in uh, for that one hour. So I ask that you would consider that. And then the other request was we need some host homes uh, to help us with uh, Power Up Club. So would you consider uh, opening up your front yard for uh, Power Up Clubs? So as Doug joins us, uh, we're glad he's here. We're going to be uh, taking your questions. Uh, so really, let you go ahead and yeah. get fixed up there. Yeah, he closed the service. He's probably yes. actually did sprint over here today. Well, just sprinting at 57 looks different than it did at 27, that's yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just glad to be on this side of the table. I was over there two weeks ago. So as we um, get started, uh, we have some questions coming in. And okay. one of the questions I would ask is, how would you, being, how would you balance being diligent at work yeah. with using time for what breaks your heart. It seems like you can always do more for your boss. So it's, what is diligence and how would that eat into applying time to the broken? Yeah. Well, first of all, you have to say, uh, what they hire me to do, what they pay me to do, what, what's the expectation right. and what's the agreement. So uh, yes, you could always do more. Mm -hmm. uh, that'd be like saying, well, uh, I could be diligent in exercise for good health, but I could always exercise more. Mm -hmm. So there's a line between um, I'm doing this for good health versus I'm going way over and beyond. I'm almost addicted to it. It's consuming my life as opposed to being responsible. I think the same can happen for work. There is a level of responsibility, diligence, faithfulness, whatever word you want to put to that, that you know your boss expects and that you agreed to when you were hired. Now, uh, maybe the harder question would be, well, what if your boss expects you to do more <laughs> than what you agreed to do to show that you're like really all in mm -hmm. and that, right. that you know, you're sold out for the company or, or for the business? Well, I would say to that, you're not. <laughs> you're not sold out to the company or the right. business. You're sold out to the Lord Jesus. And part of being sold out to the Lord Jesus is that you're faithful to what you agreed to in your job. And you're going to do it with excellence. But that doesn't mean you're going to consume. You're going to allow yourself to be consumed. What helps me 
because I could do that. Ministry is a black hole. When have I? When could I ever be done? Could I give every minute and, and justify it as well? It's for the Lord. Yeah, I could accept this. I wear a pastor hat, if you will. Mm-hmm. I wear a husband hat, and I yeah. wear a father hat, and I wear a grandfather hat, and I wear a neighbor hat, yeah. and I wear a son hat, and I wear a brother hat. And by that, I mean. All of those are God-given responsibilities, relationships, and I have a responsibility to be diligent in each of those just as I have a responsibility to be diligent in my job. So if I am exceeding diligence to the loss, to the detriment of those other hats, then I think I've crossed a line. So I think you know, anybody who's wrestling with that ought to ask themselves, uh, who am I cheating? Right. I'm, who am I cheating in this by going overboard here? And uh, I remember, maybe I shouldn't tell your story, but I remember you and Tony, before he uh, came the executive pastor, he was a lawyer, a very successful lawyer downtown. And you were faithful in your job. Yeah. And probably could have done even more, mm-hmm. uh, but his heart really was moved towards those who needed biblical counseling mm-hmm. and teaching men. And so you were faithful in your job, mm-hmm. but but using freedom then beyond that to say, now I want to invest my life in making a difference for those who need counsel. Yeah, that's tr- and so how did you? Did you ever wrestle with sure. that in your environment? Yeah, and um, the balance was a good, I mean, that not, I don't know if I use the cheating analysis, but I, I was more than just, well, I'm just going to give my job the, the minimum expectation. And I don't think you said that because right. excellence is more than just getting by. Right. But then you balance what your other time requirements are. And I was thinking as you were answering a lot of times it's not strictly job versus what breaks my heart. There's other things that fill our lives. And it's like, well, that is uh, fun, but it may not be fruitful. Right. So it's like, okay, I can pull back in other ways, mm-hmm. still do excellence in the job and um, give minutes to what breaks my heart, right. so to speak. You, you were in a little bit of a unique situation that excellence in your job and being a difference maker were in two different environments. The, the deepest burden in your heart was not being a difference maker at your work, though you wanted to That's be true. a difference maker at your work. The being a difference maker meant being outside of work, meeting with men or couples for the sake right. of counseling. So that's, I think, the pull that I think some people will have to be wrestling through yeah. and, and going, all right, how do I honor this and be a difference maker? What I hope we got from Nehemiah is this. You don't uh, honor the Lord by cheating your boss, right. what you agreed to do, and justify it as, with, as if, well, no, but I'm, I'm cheating them in order to make a difference. We would never think, well, it's okay to steal from my company as long as I give it to the church. We wouldn't think that. Right. So I don't think you should think that with your time and your energy as, as yeah. well. Because in that, I had counsel you, others who said, well, can you make adjustments at work to give more time? And it just got to the point where it was not fair to, to do what I wanted to do. I couldn't, I couldn't 
devote what was expected of me. And so that's when there was a job change. And right. I was grateful to do that. So, so there, were, there was a, we hadn't talked to, yeah. planned to talk about yeah. this, but you are in a situation like Nehemiah. You were serving right. in the king's court that you were serving in law. Lord put on your heart the broken, and you went through a transition of saying, uh, I'm working here, diligent here, but my heart is elsewhere. And ultimately, you were, the Lord gave you freedom to yeah. leave that environment to give full time to different, being a difference maker. The only thing I'd want to make sure is we're not saying, Oh, you're going. Love okay. Jesus equals quit your job. Right. Um, that may be the case, but that would not be normally. Normally, we're making a difference in the context of where God has placed us, yeah. the streets we live on, the places we work, the families that he's given to us. That's normally where we're making a difference. There yeah. may be a unique situation where he calls us out of that to a different environment. But I, don't, I think that's yeah. the, the unusual as opposed to the usual. Yeah. So I have a question. Um, it says, what if you don't believe God is going to use you? Huh. What if you don't believe God is going to use you? Well, I would, my first thought is what led you to that conclusion? Yeah. So if you don't believe God's going to use you because of your past, then I would say, believe in the finished work of the cross, that your sin has been forgiven, your penalty has been taken out of the way, that you're a new creature in Christ. If you don't believe God is going to use you because you're not smart enough, not gifted enough, uh, not capable enough, uh, there's a great scene in the Scripture in Exodus 3 and 4, where God calls Moses to be the leader out of the people to, to lead Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And Moses, uh, I think at one point in his life, thought, I'm, I can be God's man. But because of failure, mm -hmm. he thought he was disqualified, and his response was, who am I, Lord? I'm not adequate to go. They won't believe me. And so if you think, well, who am I to do this? Who am I that the Lord would use? Or they won't believe me. I don't have the right gifts. What the Lord says to Moses through a burning bush, which is a great example in and of itself, because who would ever think a bush could speak? But when God speaks through a bush, God speaks. Yeah. And if God can speak through a bush, God could speak through you. If God could use a bush... God could use you. There's kind of the object lesson right into the historical account. But the words he says to, to Moses are, I am with you, and I will do the work. And Moses goes, but I'm not a good speaker. And the Lord says, I know who made your mouth. I did. <laughs> I know the gifts you have. I know the gifts that you don't have. I will speak through you. And ultimately... Moses says, send somebody else. Not send me, Nehemiah, send someone else. And it says in Exodus chapter 4, the anger of the Lord burns against yeah. Moses. So my encouragement to, uh, what if I think the Lord won't use me? 
answer the specific questions, whether it's the finished work of the Holy Spirit, whether it's the presence of God in you, whether it is the Lord being sufficient with you, that he is the one who will do it. Um, a, a little book called The Saving Life of Christ by Major Ian Thomas, he writes in there a chapter, Any Old Bush Will Do. It's not about our gifting because right. the bush had no gifting. It's about our availability. So if you will make yourself available to the Lord, he will use you. He may not use you in the way that you imagine he will. Right. Sometimes we paint our own pictures if this is the way the Lord's going to use us. Now, we're available to do whatever, however, whenever the Lord chooses. But you simply say, Lord, I'm available. To those, he can. Yeah, I was thinking this is a question that Nehemiah may have texted the day before the king saw him. What if the God's not going to use me? You right. may have wondered because it didn't seem like the Lord right. was up to that and point. And so it could be he hasn't yet. And I, I was also thinking hmm. when, when what breaks you in your, and in your mind, you have no sphere of influence over what breaks you. It's like I, I won't come in contact with that, but yet it breaks my heart. Um, you know, sort of like. Don't discount prayer as how the Lord is using you. God chooses to use prayer, but there may be other ways. I think you touched on it. Don't be fixed in your mind how God will use right. you. Be open to how else he might use you. And especially, Tony, I think there's this idea of that these are certain ways, you know, teachers, preachers, evangelists, missionaries. That's the way God uses people. And we miss that a person smiling, greeting at the door. That's the Lord using somebody. I'm, I am often reminded in emails that get sent to me that people are impacted on stage and off stage. So you don't need a stage to be used by the Lord. The Lord may be using you as you faithfully live out your life as a wife or a husband, as a mother or a father uh, in your neighborhood. So don't limit your idea of what it means to be used by the Lord in that. Yeah. Um, so we have a maybe one more question here with our time is, you know, the idea of appropriate audience. Mm -hmm. um, it's... Um, you, you, you said he talked yeah, to the king. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tony, I don't know if you explained why you're here or not. Uh, Tracy's got a bug going around in the family. Yeah, there we go. Um, so Tony wasn't expecting but when I realized that Tony was going to be here, I know uh, from our own journey together that yeah. you, you had a similar, I told the moment of when the Lord said to me, yeah. How about be the answer to your prayer? I know you have a moment like ah. that. And so why don't you tell, a, sure. uh, if you can, yeah. a, a real-life story? Because uh, all of us pray for stuff. There's a difference between praying and being the answer to okay. our prayers. Okay. So, and it, right out of this passage, I was in Bible study fellowship. This was some 26, 7 years ago. My son was in third grade. And if you're familiar with Bible study fellowship, basically it's uh, an interdenominational Bible study where you study the Bible throughout the week. You get together, you discuss your answers with uh, men or women, and then you have a, a lesson. But they had a children's program, and I'd been in BSF for almost a year and was really wanting my son to participate, but they didn't have enough leaders. They uh, needed one more leader, 
to open up his age group. And I remember asking the class administrator if there was anyone had stepped up and he said no. And so I was sitting in the general assembly of all the men waiting for the, the teaching leader to teach. And I'm literally on my seat looking around thinking, that guy's got time. Why doesn't he do it? And then- <laughs> Really? I was yes. I was going through. I don't. Why don't they do this? And then um, Harry Lewis Sr. Brian Brian Lewis, one of our members. His dad was a teaching leader, and he gets up and he. We're in Nehemiah two. We're doing history of Israel and the minor prophets, and he talks to this passage. And I think I'm probably still looking around. And he goes, "Well, man, have you ever thought about asking God to be the answer to your own prayer request?" And I went. I don't like where this is going because already you BS, knew immediately. I, I did, and I already <laughs> BSF was stretching me. It was new to me at the time. Again, twenty-seven years to get everything done basically in six days, and I knew a children's leader had to basically get everything done in five plus have a lesson ready. And I go, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But as the spirit was working, it's like I had no biblical reason not to. I, it was my duty to raise up my child in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I knew this was a good opportunity. I knew this is what I wanted for him. And so it's like, huh, okay. I don't even think I got, I had to pull over on the way home and just sort of pray. I can't remember we even had cell phones yet. But when I got home, I told Lisa, I said, I think God wants me to be a children's leader. And that, that was a big step because she was even the one pushing me to do BSF some eight months earlier. But it's uh -huh. like Nehemiah 2, that very passage, men, have you ever asked God to be the answer to your own prayer. It's like, got to be careful, but I think that's what he asked. That's uh -huh. what the passage calls us to do. So that's interesting. Lisa was happier or a little, it was like, oh no, I want you to do BSF. I don't want, was she, oh, how'd that go down? She was, she recognized, she was encouraged by it. Okay. Yeah, she was, she recognized. So she didn't discourage you. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So you did it? Or you just I did it. I, I, was, do it? I, was, I was the children's leader, and then I became the children's supervisor. So I served in BSF for seven or eight years before you got a hold of me for men's ministry. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, and that's interesting. You probably learned a whole slew of different things by being the leader versus uh, what you would have learned being sure. a, Not that you wouldn't have learned being a student, but you learn, we learn different things when we're leading yeah. than when we're being a student. Yeah. Well, that's a great lesson, so you got to be careful how you, but you should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is the, yeah, I don't want us to say stop praying because the mm -hmm. Lord might want us to be the answer to that prayer. It takes us to a next level of, it does. of going, do I, how badly, do I really want the Lord to work in these folks' lives? So yeah. what was your, did you have a fear of saying yes to the Lord about that? Uh, I was more an idol of comfort, ease of life. I knew giving up things, having to, you know, put in the time in advance. Okay. It was more, no, it was, it, it was, e in some sense, it was easy to pray because it wasn't costing it me wasn't anything costing yet. Anything. And then it's like, okay. So. Yeah. All right. So Sorry. we're we're long. So you yes. bring me in here and we go long. So <laughs> thanks for joining us. And uh, uh, please hope you join us next week. And uh, Lord willing, Tracy will be back. So have a good weekend. God bless.